You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with a special look at our video podcast series. Welcome to the Inbound Logistics video podcast series presented by Inbound Logistics Magazine. Today, we'll be discussing some of the challenges facing shippers in the current market, as well as look at a few ways that they should and maybe should not try to address some of those hurdles. We're pleased to welcome our special guest today, Tracy Mitri, Chief Commercial Officer for Sunset Transportation. Tracy will share some of her insights on how to navigate today's tricky supply chain market because, after all, freight is a crazy world. Our host today is Amy Roach. So, Amy, the floor is yours. Hi, Tracy. How are you? I'm good, Amy. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for joining us. It's going to well, be thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> you have such great uh, experience and insight, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun talking about the crazy world of freight. I mean, it really, that's what it is, right? <laughs> it, it truly is. <laughs> it truly is. So I'm just going to jump right in and kick it over to you. You know, start us off with kind of like a background. This has been an insane two years, uh, lots of volatility, lots of ups and downs. Happily, we see like a little bit of leveling off and maybe even some cautious optimism. Uh, so tell us, what are you seeing out there? What are you hearing from shippers? You know, what are the challenges? What's going on? So, so the challenges never go away. They just shift. Um, so right, right now we're seeing relief from premium freight costs. Costs are coming down to the shipper. So we've definitely shifted the market. Um, you know, you'll you'll hear supply chain and, and logisticians talk a lot about, is it a shipper market? Is it a carrier market? Well, we're definitely in a shipper's market right now. Um, and those costs are coming down. That doesn't say that, you know, we can kick back and relax and, and all of uh, their challenges are gone. They just shift to, to different areas. But it's certainly an opportunity after almost two and a half years um, of disruption, high cost, um, un, even more unpredictability within the market to start garnering some savings uh, for a shipper to their bottom line. Um, so I think that that first and foremost, that that's a great opportunity. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, you know, a lot of talk about fuel. Fuel is um, has always fluctuated. It's always been either in favor or a challenge in, in our industry. So we've been dealing with um, fuel fluctuations forever, you know, in a long time. Um, you know, it fuel challenges more a smaller carrier, um, an owner operator, somebody that's not part of a bigger fleet, potentially, it's gonna make it harder for them to compete, but fuel is generally a pass through. And at the end of the day, it, is going to have a more of an impact on inflation, which we all then um, feel. Yeah, of course. Yep. So the you know the the challenges that everybody is facing right now are going to be more around um, inventory levels. So we have uh, very high inventory levels right now. During the end of the pandemic, companies pre-bought inventory ahead of sales. So now warehouse space is at a, a premium and, and that has tight capacity around it versus you know, when we had tight capacity around the carrier market. Um, profitability and, and labor, um, either the labor shortages or 
you know, shifting labor markets is still a challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, and at the end of the day, what we're seeing right now is across vertical industries, about a 20% downturn in shipment volume. Um, we've, we've looked at it every, every way possible. Is it one particular industry? And it, it just um, is kind of across, across the board. So mm -hmm. unfortunately, volumes uh, tank when freight costs tank. So, <laughs> you know, that's just, again, an aspect of this crazy freight world. It, it takes special, a special kind of person that, that does this every day. And I've done it for 35 years, so I'm not sure what that says about me. <laughs> we won't say crazy, though. We won't go there. <laughs> oh, well, we can. <laughs> That's great. Uh, one thing I think that maybe is a, is a positive, if you want to call it that, out of the pandemic, uh, is that it really did kind of help to elevate supply chain, you know, and sort of raise the exposure within organizations. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, maybe there's a benefit there for some organizations and how can they kind of capitalize on that, the larger yeah. role supply chain is playing? Absolutely. Um, there were some verticals where supply chain early adopters, you know, the chemical industry, um, pharmaceutical, uh, early adopters of outsourcing and complex supply chains, it's always had a seat at the table. Um, but, but now more than ever, it's being talked about, right? The, the pandemic was, was a huge disruptor. Whether you shipped globally or not, some component within your components were sourced uh, overseas and, and we all felt that disruption. Whether we're, you know, we're just managing domestic sup supply chains or global supply chains. Um, so I think that what my big recommendation is now and what I want to talk about is capitalizing on that voice right now that, that you have to be able to get some things done within transportation and logistics within your, your organization. Uh, now's the time to be asking for investment, um, whether it is in systems or looking to outsource and, and partner with a good 3PL that, that can help guide you through um, the next global disruption or simply through a contractual bid to, to capitalize on the soft market and, and get savings. Uh, I also think that it, it's an opportunity for whether you're a shipping manager or a VP of supply chain to do some benchmarking and, and really get down and evaluate your supply chain and then benchmark it and report on it to your stakeholders. I think that gets lost a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, everybody in the C-suite doesn't necessarily want to or need to know all of the mechanics of logistics and and the you know the daily operations but there is a certain amount of education that that needs to be done at that table so that they understand the volatility but also the vulnerability the supply chain is very fragile right now and um, there are there are a lot of different things that that you can do to help insulate yourself and fortify your own supply chain um, 
Absolutely. Let, let's move on that and, and let's talk about some action. What do shippers need to be doing now? Um, and how are they going to balance, you know, we, we want to be positioning or they want to be positioning themselves to take advantage of this current market uh, and then also preparing for ongoing shifts. And like you said, they everything shifts. There's always something. So how do they kind of do both of those things and, and balance them with, with some real concrete actions? So let's just kind of break it down. I'm going to give five different actionable things. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, at least if you're doing it, at least one of them, um, you know, that, that will help and it will benefit and should hit your bottom line. First and foremost, do an RFP. If you haven't started that, if you haven't done it yet this quarter, do a contractual RFP for your truckload and ocean business. The market is soft. I think we have a little bit longer, may even come down a little bit on the truckload side, but it is a really good time to be doing a competitive bid with your carrier base. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't have the, the tools to do that, whether you have a lot of lanes, maybe you only have 10 lanes, do it in Excel, you know, or, or pick up the phone and call a, a 3PL partner that can help you do that. But get some rates under contract and um, award that business and hold to that award so that you can keep your carrier base. Mm -hmm. The other thing is don't just bid it, make sure you are benchmarking it. So mm -hmm. this gets back to the PR for the shipping manager or the VP of supply chain. Make sure you're benchmarking your new rates against historical so you can see what you've saved year over year, quarter over quarter, but also have be able to, if you, if you have a 3PL partner, they should also be benchmarking you against the market. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're benchmarking, breaking out your line haul fuel and accessorials. That's going to help you understand if your freight cost doesn't go down, where was that cost where was that cost increase coming from? Was it coming from fuel that as a supply chain manager, you can't control that. So you need to have that broken out so you can explain that to your stakeholders. But benchmark it, mm -hmm. track those savings and give yourself some good PR within your organization by publishing that internally. Absolutely. I love that. Uh, and then I think you mentioned before, you know, the fragility of the supply chain and, and taking some time to look at vulnerabilities and, uh, you know, where are they on the supply side? Can you talk a little bit about that? Maybe it's contingency plans. You know, what's a good way to, to get ready for that? Yeah. So so in a soft market, so freight costs don't just affect your outbound shipping. Um, and, and one thing that a lot of organizations um, still have very separate groups that are procuring raw materials and then managing their outbound freight. Well, in procuring raw materials, they're also procuring freight or not procuring freight and negotiating delivered pricing. So this is an area that kind of, Amy, addresses everything. You know, do you have, do you have duplicity in your supplier base? Are you stress testing a second supplier at times. Um, you know, if everybody was sourced out of Asia when the pandemic hit, they couldn't get any supply. They yeah. didn't have any redundancy in, in their supplier base. They hadn't even been having those conversations. Mm -hmm. 
probably not realistic for small and mid-sized shippers to, to have two you know, major suppliers that you are actively sourcing from. Sure. You need to be having those conversations and you know, putting in some redundancy in, in place. But back to how you procure your raw materials coming in, mm -hmm. make sure that, that the buyers are knowledgeable of when they should be negotiating delivered pricing and when they should be having fuel um, you know, itemized on their invoice, always itemized so that you can track that, you know, hey, there's an opportunity to save here by flipping the terms of how we're procuring our goods and managing the freight and, and managing, you know, whether that's ocean or air um, or cross-border from, from Mexico. But, you know, that's an aspect of freight that I think people, you know, tend to forget and because there are two different leaders generally that are in charge of that within the organization. But I think it's really, really important, especially in a soft market. You can you can capitalize on some big savings because you know the supplier is, is marking freight up if, if you're negotiating delivered pricing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So same same thing on, on your outbound side, if you have a lot of prepaid and add, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're adding cost um, for the, you know, that buyer to not have the headache of, of managing the freight. So I would also challenge you then on your outbound side for your prepaid and ad business, when was the last time you did an audit? Yeah. You know, how, how do you know you're truly covering your cost um, for freight? And, you know, for our customers, you know, I can speak for what we do. We do a, a monthly reconciliation for our customers that have a significant amount of pre, prepaid and ad business. Um, so that they know what are they making off of freight mm -hmm. and they can make business decisions on that. So if competition is tight and, and they have some, some wiggle room and that, that freight cost, can they lower that freight allowance? And, and maybe that is just enough to make them more competitive to win more business. Sure, so yeah. Really so thinking important. about this holistically. Yeah, so important to always have those real numbers and know what you're actually looking at. Absolutely, that's great advice. What about on demand? Can we talk a little bit about, is this a good time to you know, kind of take a look at demand in conjunction with your distribution footprint? Absolutely. So um, people are no longer living where they work, if, if that makes sense. So yeah, you know, people sure. are remote, we have a remote workforce. Um, and with that, as consumers, so especially if you're in the B2C and, and you're selling to, you know, consumer goods, you need to look at your demand. Your demand has, has I would venture to, to guess, changed. Mm -hmm. um, if, if the demand is, is pretty static, at least the way we are shopping has changed. Um, we see it every day. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, another retail big big chain retail going out of business, you know, brick and mortar is, um, you know, going by the wayside from a shopping experience. Uh, you know, I don't know when the last time I was at a mall, yeah. you know, <laughs> was. I, mean, I think I'm on the daily route for Amazon, but um, we don't need to talk about my shopping. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's totally, I mean, a great time to, relook at your demand. So when I say that, what 
What I mean is looking from a demand planning perspective, where are your buyers? Where, where is your consumption happening at? Overlay that where your distribution footprint is. So are you still, if, if you're promising on the sales side that if they order today, it'll ship tomorrow and you are, you've forecasted years ago that, you know, if they were within, you know, X miles of, of the plant, they get next day delivery. Have you validated that recently? And mm -hmm. if that's the kind of demand planning that, that I'm talking about. Um, depending on how big your network is, that can be. Um, fairly complex to do, mm -hmm. but it is really, really important because when when you are at that table with with leadership, and if if you negotiated, go back up to our contractual RFP that we're going to do right, and we're going to get yep. some great savings. Well, if we just do that, and we didn't take into account that our demand may have shifted, and now all of a sudden we are more than 500 miles from our demand and our length of haul has increased, our fuel costs are going to increase. And yep. so if you're seeing then a higher freight cost, your stakeholders are gonna be like, what the heck? I thought we mm -hmm. had all these great rates. Well, yep. we did, but we also then didn't validate that we were still had a solid distribution footprint to meet that demand and right. really, really capture those savings. There are there are software that, that can do this. So again, depends on how, how large your footprint is, but read to a partner. Um, I know that for us as a 3PL partner, we, we offer demand planning, supply chain engineering as part of our um, continuous improvement and strategic account management platform. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it doesn't always have to come with a, a large cost and you don't have to be this giant, you know, um, manufacturer that's got a hundred million dollars in, in freight spend. Mm -hmm. um, what I'm really excited about um, for us is in late 2022, we were acquired by Armada Supply Chain Solutions. And Great, yeah. They are a giant in the restaurant um, chain and food service industry. And they have um, an amazing tech stack and, and a lot of depth and supply chain engineering. Um, I, you know, it was, it was crazy. I first met their, their C-suite. They, they have a, a chief innovation officer and I'm like, how cool is that? Just somebody <laughs> like focused on what is yeah. the future of mm -hmm. uh, supply chain from a tech perspective. So yeah. I'm really excited that we now um, have those capabilities and are able to bring that down to the mid and smaller market where it probably was cost prohibitive yeah. to um, do some of those demand planning um, studies or network optimization but I'm, I'm really excited to be able to bring those tools um, to our shippers of, of all size and, uh, you know, really be able to make a difference for them. There's so much power in that. And congratulations on that acquisition. That's, that's great. Thanks. Yeah. It's been, yeah. It's been a great ride. I want to ask you, I've heard you say before that shippers need to work to become a shipper of choice. So go through that a little bit. What can shippers do to, to position themselves to really be a shipper of choice for their partners? 
So when, when I talk about um, a shipper of choice, it's, it's really adhering to um, a behavioral um, process of how you treat your carriers and, and how you treat your partners. And it really, really is critical. Um, you know, we, at the end of the day, transportation is a relationship business. Um, they haven't automated all of us yet. <laughs> right, right. We still be coming, but it, it still is a relationship business. And mm -hmm. that's not only a relationship with your 3PL partner and your customers, but also with that, that carrier. And you're going to see benefits drop down to the bottom line in your rates if you are planning ahead and, and working with your carriers, minimizing dwell, detention, and delays at, at pickup and, and delivery. So in both your loading and receiving um, docks, mm -hmm. even if you're space constrained, and I know a lot of, a lot of shippers are, um, yeah. especially mid to smaller ones. If you don't have staging room, and unfortunately, it, it's going to be a little bit longer of a loading time, have some facilities for your carriers to, to utilize while that is happening. Um, look at a drop trailer you know, solution for you so that you can load those trailers, put them out in the yard, and then you can contract with carriers to do a drop and hook. Mm -hmm. um, pay your carriers promptly. Um, it, it, that is, that is huge. If you, if you do one thing from, from this whole discussion, pay your carriers timely, mm -hmm. you know, pay them, pay them in 30 days. They, you know, they are, are struggling like everybody else and, um, you know, continual revenue allows them to, to keep drivers, um, happy and, you know, getting our product rolling down the street yeah. um, and and communication and transparency, you know, with, with your carriers, treat them like a partner and you will you will have many benefits um, to come, you know, absolutely. from that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a perfect segue, you know, as we talk about the partnership, obviously there's two sides, there's the shippers and then there's the carriers and 3PLs. So talk a little bit, you know, from your perspective about that role, how uh, do the carriers and 3 excuse me, 3PLs come into play helping shippers, you know, proactively plan with all of these things and, and partner to make sure that they, uh, they have what they need and they're not trying to go it alone. So from the carrier perspective, um, I think realizing that 80% of all goods today are delivered on a truck. Um, so the carriers aren't going away anytime soon. We, you know, we're not at the autonomous truck yeah. or dro drone mm -hmm. delivery for a pallet of, of bricks, right? right. So th they're integral um, and they really should be treated like like partners. They they need to have business reviews. Mm -hmm. um, you need to work with them to understand. You know, you know where you want them engaged on on your footprint, but how does that overlay with their footprint? Um, how can you be a better partner to the carrier? And the carriers need to be open to that as well, right? Um, open to making a commitment. And, and that's what it's really about. Finding those niche, those, those carriers that your freight works well in their network, 
at the right price and they have good service. Don't lose those carriers. Capitalize on that. Have um, have your carriers come in. Go visit your carriers. You know, understand the challenges that they are under, and then the carriers should do the same. So so carriers need to uh, also recognize that you know they need that shipper's business. So mm-hmm. how can how can they um, be easier to work with? How yeah. how can they um, better support? that shippers organization and and how can how can you impress upon them the importance of delivery reliability and mm-hmm. on-time service right. the only way to do that is by talking and having a yeah. conversation about it yeah. together right and it has to be continual right there has to be yes. it's got to be a feedback loop this is not a one and done here's your plan mm-hmm. and that's it uh, so how do you make sure you know when sunset is working with shippers how do you make sure you're on that continuous improvement so we have a, um, a scheduled engagement cadence with mm-hmm. our customers and with our carriers. So we have a team, strategic account management, and then we have strategic carrier management. Two separate teams mm-hmm. that are meeting with our customers and meeting with our carrier partners. And in those, me- I mean, the, the agendas for those meetings look very, very similar. So we're, we're sitting at the table with our customers on a weekly, monthly, quarterly basis. Mm-hmm. And then we, we look to have leadership um, from the C-suite of, of that customer engaged at a minimum of once a year mm-hmm. or twice would be great and a QBR for annual alignment, understanding what's happening in their business, uh, learning what's happening in their business, what are the, the factors that they're faced with from the market, and then how can, as a 3PL partner, how can we align our annual you know, charter, if you will, to support their initiatives? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so really becoming an extension of their organization. And it, it's, I know everybody has so many meetings and, and that can be, you know, meeting fatigue is a real thing, but it's really important. I mean, yeah. we could talk for hours about, you know, how to, to conduct a quick, meaningful meeting, but, yeah. you know, that, that's for another conversation. Right, exactly. but, <laughs> uh, but you, but you have to be committed to it mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and stick to those conversations. Yeah. Um, there's so much that just naturally bubbles up in the course of conversation about their business that mm-hmm. you can pick up on and say, wait a second, you're having a problem in that area. We can help. Or, or right. we did this for another customer. Mm-hmm. So transparent um, communication and, yeah. And, yeah. And, a commit, and a commitment to the partnership, both on the carrier side and the shipper side. Absolutely. And when you're keyed in like that, you can actually help the company, the shippers, not just with their supply chain goals, but you can kind of align things with the business's strategic goals as well, which is like makes you a hugely valuable partner. Absolutely. And and if you don't already have a mindset of continuous improvement, mm-hmm. um, get one and and or, or or be that that emerging leader in your organization that that is going to, you know, take that that first opportunity yeah. or align with a 3PL partner that that has that as part of their DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, a good partner is not only 
able to execute your daily business and give you a dashboard with on-time delivery and, and typical KPIs. Yeah. A good partner is going to sit at the table with you. They're going to understand your, you know, what, what is happening? Are, are you maybe building a new plant? Um, where is that going to be located? Yeah. How, how are you going to get the inventory there? Are you, you know, branching out globally? Are, are you looking to near shore? Talk to your 3PL partner about that. We deal with all different kinds of supply chains. I, I don't know that there's a, now I'm going to say this and then it's going to happen this afternoon. I don't know that there's a, a uh, problem in the supply chain that we haven't dealt with somewhere. Mm, I'm sure. So yeah. Really leverage that experience from mm -hmm. your 3PL. They've, they've been there. They've done it. They work in all different kinds of verticals. Um, let us let us help you through these unknowns. Yeah. Maybe you've never expedited or had to charter a plane, you know, um, or air freight a pallet of, of product so you don't have a line shut down. We have. Mm -hmm. if, if that comes up in this changing supply chain, reach out to to your 3PL. Yeah. And that's and that's a big benefit for a smaller midsize and a large company, right? It's mm -hmm. so hard to find talent. And it, it's unrealistic to think that you're going to hire a subject matter expert in every possible mode, yeah. an expert in customs, right. and, you know, all of these different things. But if you if you partner with the right um, 3PL, they can help you navigate these mm -hmm. new and different challenges and and then, you know, put them on the hook for saying, okay, we want to um, improve our service. Come up with the benchmarking and the KPIs. How are we going to track that? How are we going to track success? And when right. will we know we were successful? Mm -hmm. you know, people forget um, that that whole tracking side of it. Yeah, and, and everybody agreeing on how you're going to track it. That's, mm -hmm. that's a big challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, we've talked about a lot of things. You gave us a lot of really great actionable insights. Can you quickly just kind of put it all together? What does that look like on a daily basis when you're working one-on-one -on -one with the shipper? How do you, you know, take us through the process? So typically our, our process, all the different kind of strategies that, that I briefly touched on today, we are doing every single day um, for our customers. It, it goes in, in, in ebbs and flows based on, on the need of, of that particular customer. But we are constantly asking the questions, what's happening in your business? What do you need to be prepared for? And then that allows us to pull out of our vest tool belt, if you will. Mm -hmm. Okay, now's the time, you know, shipper A, we need to be doing a contractual bid. Let's lock in some rates for 12 months. Let, let's get some savings to the bottom line. You know, let's do that. We will, it, that never stops, right? Strategic procurement is a very fluid and ongoing thing. So your partner should be coming to you. Hey, like last year, shippers wanted to procure 12 month contracts, but it, it wasn't right um, mm -hmm. for yeah. them. And, and they were gonna pay inflated costs throughout the year because they were asking a carrier in a volatile market to give them a rate for 12 months. That you know, wasn't realistic. So educating them mm -hmm. and then saying, let's do a quarterly bid. 
you know, we, we will do that heavy lifting for you so that you can um, ride the, the price swings and, and not overpay um, if you don't have to. Mm-hmm. So those types of things. Uh, leveraging engineering, you yeah. know, look, looking at your network, optimizing, whether it's <clears throat> load optimization, network optimization, or optimizing your processes, you mm-hmm. know, and, and how are, are we getting rid of, of needless, um, you know, work? How are we how are we adding value to the rest of that shipper's organization? Um, for instance, sales has to quote freight, right? If, if they're quoting freight six months in advance, let's say they are, um, you know, quoting a new build or they're in construction, um, you know, those quotes sometimes get get submitted six months to a year in advance. Sure. Um, are they aligned with your 3PL? to help them quote. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've seen a lot of benefit and, and kind of swimming around the, the whole organization and adding value where it wasn't necessarily intuitive, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. adding value to sales and helping them quote better and, and win business um, more by, you know, leveraging the, the freight costs, um, you know, then, then swimming over to forecasting, uh, to help them have better production schedules, um, understanding their inventory, and um, that they're they're you know spent four hundred thousand dollars on intercompany shipments because they didn't have products in the right place. Yeah. How can we, how can we you know tackle that together? Right. Mm-hmm. And then you know we kind of swim into the financial lane, and you know how can we help them with better freight accruals? Mm-hmm. You know, these these are things that we're doing every day for our customers um, as an extension of them. And you don't have to be a giant shipper to to partner and to outsource. We have delivered all of these types of strategies to smaller shippers, you know, Mm -hmm. shippers that only spend 250,000 and freight a year. Mm -hmm. That's a big spend for them. But we've, they've, they've, been able to outsource and we've been able to save them money. They now have a full visibility dashboard and, you know, everything that, that they need. Um, so you don't just have to be a, a real big player in the market um, to outsource. You just need to find the right size 3PL for yeah. your business. Absolutely. That's so great to hear. And I guess that's how you make it through this crazy world of freight, right? Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Tracy, thank you so much today for sharing all of your insights and your expertise and being part of the Inbound Logistics videocast series. It was wonderful to chat with you. Thank you again. No, thank you. It was great to talk with you, Amy. Absolutely. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash get il. That's bit.ly slash get underscore I-L and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. 
For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.